0: From page to screen.
1: Um. So I might because yeah, I'm you're, you're uppy downy now. Yeah, I'm uppy downy. Is that the technical term?
0: Uppy downy. Yes. Can you see me put, now?
1: Yeah, I can see you. I put the uh, on the blurred background, and so putting her on a blurred background actually put me sideways for some reason. No the wonder people use Microsoft Teams and not
0: Skype anymore, <laughs> isn't it? Skype is is becoming very dated. I think you might potentially need to look at the Teams and use Teams instead. I used to use Teams at work, so I did use it. I just don't know whether it's free or not. If it's free, that's good. It is. I think it probably yeah. is. it?
1: Okay. It's sort of like Microsoft's replacement for – it's sort of like what they've done with Edge over Internet Explorer. Like they had mm. Internet Explorer and Edge running side by side, and then Edge, they just went, we'll concentrate on that and kick um, Internet Explorer out because Microsoft owns Skype. Um, they just they'll kick Skype out and just go with um, with Teams. So it works really well because we use it at work.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and if you've got a really good signal, it's so much more easy to use. Plus, you can have backgrounds and things like that as well. So
0: it's a lot more easier. And you can have loads. I mean, you can have you can have lots of people on Skype. But yeah, Skype's not exactly the most stable. Of the Skype video. would
1: probably. If we had more than like two people on this call, Skype would just explode.
0: I had seven on at one point, like way and it back actually, when. And it, it did survive, but I had to tell everybody, right, you all shush. I'm asking you a question, right? Yeah. You've answered your And so I had to sort of play whack-a-mole and with the mute button. Again, that's where
1: Teams comes in. Uh, um, it's brilliant. You can actually individually mute people. And yeah. unmute people, so you can mute everybody and unmute the person who you're actually directing the question to, and then unmute them. So yeah, I have a little mess around with Teams, see if that mm. works.
0: This episode is brought to you by Teams <laughs> and Microsoft.
1: Please give us a brand new computer; I could do with one.
0: Yeah, so could I? How old's your computer? I looked at mine, and mine was bought in 2016. So I'm happy really.
1: Mine's 2013, and oh. it hasn't been switched on. Um, actually about like two years now so I think I just need to throw it out and start afresh.
0: How many but updates will you have if you switch a PC on after two years? It just,
1: it won't update or probably give in. But my phone and my tablet are so much more powerful my phone can do a hell of a lot more than my computer can do so why do I need a computer if I can do whatever I need to on my tablet um, and then I've got my phone because the front camera on my phone is perfect for for this because it's a 50 megapixel camera so if you use a webcam you're not going to get a 50 megapixel webcam no. unless you spend a stupid amount of money so i just use my phone
0: i always notice that on mine because mine's the laptop webcam and whenever i'm putting the video on it's like the person i'm talking to brilliant mine whoa what happened yes because it's a built-in webcam so at some point i'm going to invest in a, in a webcam so
1: But I would expect a camera on the front of a phone which costs around about £1,700, £1,800 to actually be really good.
0: You would hope so, wouldn't you?
1: Yet the inside camera is shockingly awful because I had a quick little test just to see what the quality was. And it is so bad, it looks like I'm shooting
0: it on a Nokia. Yeah. (laughs) So you mentioned, I'm going to segue very crazily there, you mentioned the word inside. I watched that film for the first time today. I'd never seen it before. It's been on my to-watch list for, since it came out. Oh, my God. I love that movie. Watching a Christmas
1: film in um, January, very similar, because I watched The Holdovers um, a few days ago, the new Paul Giamatti film, and yep. I don't know why that film itself was released in the UK in January, when it is actually a film that's set at Christmas. It's a Christmas film. And so Inside is a Christmas film, because it's set it on christmas eve leading into
0: christmas day and they do mention christmas quite a few times you're coming over for christmas you know christmas dinner or, or whatever it is but i'd years ago probably going back about a decade i would listen to other horror podcasts and people would always mention the woman they would mention frontiers they would mention inside and then high tension i think was the other one and i would always hear about these films and the only one of those i hadn't seen until today was inside and i uh, second sight have got this uh, like a, a new Blu-ray of it coming out, so they sent me a screener disc like three weeks ago. and thought right, I'm gonna sit and watch, but yeah, I don't really want to sit and watch something like that at eleven o'clock at night because I knew what the subject matter was. Yeah, it ain't no Disney film, so I thought right, I'm gonna watch it at eleven o'clock this morning. I was still on the edge of my seat. That is just
1: it gives you sort of like respite for ten minutes, like the first ten minutes. It gives you respite. And then after that, it never relents. And it yeah. just progressively gets more violent and nasty and gory and tense. And she just because, she goes from being slightly malevolent to absolutely batshit insane crazy.
0: Yep. I got so enough good. Because I kept checking to see how long the film had been on. Not because I'm like, oh, is it nearly finished? I'm like, is can I get to the end? Can I get to yeah. the end? I'm always a bag of nerves. It's, and I don't know whether you do it. You've got obviously a higher tolerance for horror movies than I have. Uh, but I it was one of those that made me swear out loud a few times like, yeah, now. Oh my yeah. God. At least three, four times in that film, I was like, what am I watching? But uh, well, God, I, I love that film. I'm guessing you know of The Horror Iceberg.
1: I do not. Um, it is sort of like. Do you know of the concept of an iceberg when it comes to anything film related, video games, music, books, any material of entertainment? Is it, is it value? to do
0: that like, there's a little bit up here, but there's more underneath? Is it that type sort of, of iceberg? Yeah, thing? and so the the tip of the iceberg
1: always starts off on its very simple, most famous kind of area. So the horror iceberg, you look at films like The Conjuring, it, um, things like that. Um, those are the kind of films that sit at the top of the iceberg. The kind of films that they would probably get a 15-rated certificate released in cinemas, probably scare a few people, teenagers, mainly things like that. They're not outright gory, but they're feature gore. And then the more you go down the iceberg, the more extreme the film actually gets. And the iceberg itself contains eight different levels. So as you can probably guess. You get to the next one, you might start getting into the, the territories of, of films, sort of like the Tamer side. You get to the next level and you get to the films like The Saws and The Hostels. And then once you start digging underneath, you'll get to things like a Serbian film. And then below that one, you'll get the f- films like August, the August Underground films. Then you'll start getting to um, slightly more extreme films. And then to the Slaughtered Vomit Dolls and movies like that, grotesque. And then you'll get the films where it is pretty much um, real-life torture, so the faces of um, death, um, things like that. And then you get all the way down to the bottom with films where you can't find them in any major platform. Even trying to find them on DVD is nigh or near impossible to the extent where a couple of films on the bottom tier of the iceberg is the only way to actually get hold of them is through the dark web.
0: Right. Because they're
1: so notoriously nasty. Well, I've managed to get down to level six. There is eight levels, and I've managed to get down to level six. So I've not because trying to find their films in level seven or level eight is hard. Is like really, really difficultly hard. Um, so that's why it's really difficult to see them. But getting to level six is those real life torture, nasty horror films. So like the faces of death kind of stuff proper no. things where you see the real humans getting ripped apart yeah
0: I'm that kind into, of stuff i'm not into that uh, it's like no i'm good thanks <laughs> it's just well,
1: have a little look at the the horror iceberg and see how far yeah. you can uh, you've actually got down you'll be surprised because there's some films where if you've seen things like um, like just like beyond the hostels and the saws and all those nasty films even beyond the human centipede movies if you're getting beyond laws to maybe even a Serbian film, yeah, you'll be that. surprised on what level. I think you might be around about level four.
0: Okay. That's not too bad. I expect an email from Chris from the Bind Torture cast going, I've done level eight. I don't know. I think yeah. he might he might be a seven. I don't know. But I, I, as soon as he lets me know, Chris, let us know. Let us know what, uh, what level you're on.
1: In that case, I want to know how the hell he's managed to find films on level eight, because even trying to research them, there's, there is a brilliant uh, YouTube video, um, which I highly recommend. It's on for around right about an hour where somebody goes through the films um, in each one of the levels. So I highly, highly recommend it. Just type in um, horror iceberg. and It'll be the first thing that pops up on there. Um, so that's where I first heard about it from that YouTube video itself. Um, and when he sort of like, you have to tiptoe around on how you describe them. It's not sort of like me <laughs> yeah. when I try to review films like a Serbian film on the on my old show, um, PG-13 at most, trying to review a Serbian film. Not very easy. Um, so it, it, it's sort of like he tried to tiptoes around them. And so even he trying to find research for some of the films on level seven and eight is so notoriously hard. Like Google will might give you a couple of bits and bobs, and you might find a Reddit post here and there, but you will not find the film on standard um, standard the internet. You'll have to dig deep through the dark web.
0: See, with a Serbian film, I think I would go for it's about an ex porn actor who takes a job uh, making a porn movie. He is given some sort of drug, which sort of then forces him to do really, really depraved things. Uh, Including things involved with children, uh, and he doesn't seem to have any control over it. I think that's probably how I'd picture Serbian film carefully.
1: Yeah, but even then, you're actually
0: teetering beyond the PG thirteen area, really, because because of the mention of children.
1: It's it's really difficult, sort of like as you know, my show was never scripted. So everything when I tried to describe a film was just coming out of the top of my head and it was live. And so you have to self-censor yourself. So trying to describe something like a Serbian film about an ex-actor, you you don't have to say a porn, but porn, I think you can get away with saying that word. That's fine. Um, But yeah, you were right saying an ex-porn star is brought back out of retirement by a deranged director to make one more shock-deprived film. That probably is the best way to describe it without including those elements, but it was such a hard film to review.
0: It wasn't an easy film to watch, to be fair, but I had to psych myself up to watch that. But I'm glad I did, and I do like it for for what it is. It's not one I feel the need to rewatch anytime soon, but I, I enjoyed yeah. it. I thought it was... Uh, yeah, you've got to push your limits now and again, but it... <sighs> Yeah, uh, I was supposed to write a review of Inside. And normally, I watch a film, write a review, done. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sit on this one for a day and write it tomorrow, just because it'll be yeah. it'll be fresher. But such a good movie, and the it thing is, it's, it's it, it is a
1: really it, it is a really good
0: film. With the Blu-ray, there's like two full commentaries on it. It's two hours worth of documentaries and stuff or interviews. So I'm looking forward to delving into those, but so was, the documentaries are
1: actually longer than the film itself yeah <laughs> two hours of documentaries together and the film itself is like less than 90 minutes
0: yeah yeah so that was my morning that's how i started out by finally getting around to watching inside but uh early running the week i watched well early last week actually birth rebirth which was a little weird one but i quite like, i like that that was just which i've seen great. it what did you think uh,
1: I saw birth, rebirth. It's it's okay. It's it's not too bad. Um, because I will get onto it in a little bit, but as you know, I, I again I've changed the way I rate films, I'm dropping the point fives, because I it you have to um and r ah between some certain films, whether it deserves a two and a half or a three. And so I'm just taking caution to the wind. It'll either be a dead two or a dead three. It'll not be a two and a half. So this one I originally put down as a two and a half, but then I think I, I increased it slightly to a three. Decent concept. It's a, it's a it's a decent take on the Frankenstein story, given yeah. it the slightly more modern day twist. And I I love the fact that it is more it is of revolves around women yeah. rather than doing sort of like they could have just done a Frankenstein esque film and had a male doctor. Um, involved in the, the entirety that happens in the film itself. But it it was nice that it was down to actresses and about their daughter and one of their daughters rather than sons and things like that. So I, I did like the way they actually did that. And it, it was very well acted. I thought the actor was hmm. actually pretty decent. It's just it ran out of its own ideas because it didn't know what to actually fully push into the film itself to stretch the movie so it felt like a good 45 minute film rather than a, f- a feature lens film for me
0: yeah but it was good it's you know my film of the week is definitely inside which i think to summarize that it's like two women battling with each other and the guys just get caught up in the middle of it the guys should just go Do you know what we're just gonna leave them to it because yeah uh, you know but, uh, but no, that was uh, – I was telling Annette about it. She went, oh, I might want to watch that. So I said, well, I'll do you a favour. I said, I'm not going to spoil it. But with certain films, she'll ask me, does this happen? Does that happen? And then if it's a film like Inside, I'll give her clues on whether it does or it doesn't. Because I remember years ago, I sat down with her and we watched Straw Dogs. Yeah. And she didn't like that at all. She fell out with me for two days because I <laughs> – <laughs> made, made her made her watch it. And I'm not made you watch it. I just didn't tell you. You know it's sort of trigger warnings. So it's like Which version want, of Straw Dogs though? The uh, original the, remake? The, the original one. I think
1: if you one. if you put the remake on, she would have fell out with you for a different reason because it's a terrible
0: film. <laughs> yes, exactly. But no, it's the original one, which I do like the original one, but I I still have issues with certain scenes in that where it's like that was kind of a weird choice to put in a movie, but Yeah. Uh, obviously, watching it through 21st century eyes is very different than watching it through 1971 eyes. Very true. Yeah. Uh, she does want to sit down at some point and watch inside. So that's, I'll, I'll happily sit down and and watch that one again. But yep. yeah, glad I watched it. What have you been watching?
1: Um, again, I'll get onto the the, the film that's changed the way I actually review films. <laughs> that that um, has
0: me very curious. Your your mention of that.
1: Yeah. So. I've I've only seen eleven films this month so far. It's been a quiet January, and January is normally a quiet month. It's sort of like the dumping ground of uh, months when it comes to films. Like the distributors weren't like didn't know where to put their film, so they never release it in December because they know that there's going to be one or two or maybe even three huge massive films released in the month of December, so they never do it in there. They know in February. The Oscar nominations and the BAFTA nominations will be around about a week old. So people are starting to seek out those Oscar films and those films that are released in America that are Oscar contenders that haven't been released over here yet. So we start to sort of like latch onto those kind of films in February onwards. So January is normally the dumping ground of movies. So it's where they just go, We'll just throw a film out because we've got a movie. Yeah, we don't have a Winnie the Pooh blood and honey, but the sequel's out on Valentine's Day.
0: Is it what this year?
1: Yes. God, the trailer. Ha- yeah, the around. trailer hasn't. It hasn't dropped yet, but it's out. Um, it is out on February the fourteenth with a budget of. I think, if I remember reading correctly, around right about a million pounds. So it has a because the um, Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey made five million.
0: Yeah.
1: On a one hundred thousand pound budget, yeah. which is insane. So yeah, the new uh, Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey Two is out um, on February fourteenth. So at least we don't have that. And we don't have a Texas Chainsaw Massacre either, because it seemed to be Texas Chainsaw Massacres come out in January. But yeah, um, I think the two standout films was uh, The Holdovers, uh, the new Paul Giamatti film, um, because it it is that kind of film where it's shot in the 70s, so it's shot with like a 70s style to it, but it feels like it was actually shot in the 70s. So, you know, when directors sometimes do that, they shoot films and try to make it feel like it is actually from that decade.
0: Like Rob Zombie. Yeah. Yeah. They
1: missed the mark. They completely missed the mark because they never get it correct. Like Rob (laughs) Zombie. Yes. In this (laughs) case here they got it spot on because it did feel like it was a Christmas film that you're watching from the seventies and just a three hander. It's just about um a boarding school where um some people have actually stayed there for the winter. A few of them managed to actually get picked up by a helicopter. Lovely, they're rich, and um, which leaves three people left in there. Paul Giamatti, who's a professor at this boarding school, one of the students, and the uh, cook. And it's just a three-hander film. And it's brilliantly well-acted. It feels like a film from the, the 70s, got a fantastic score. Um, it's upbeat when it needs to be upbeat. It's charming when it needs to be. It's got some decent dark humour in it. So highly recommend it. But it's just annoying that that film itself came out in January, when it is a Christmas film. So they should have either left it until... They might as well have just released it in July.
0: But isn't that when Die Hard came out originally, the first one? I'm sure that came out in the summer. Yeah.
1: Even even though the director, Alexander Payne, he's turned around and said that um, uh, it's not per se a Christmas film, even though it actually is set over Christmas. It's more like a winter film. So still, release it in July, then don't release it in January.
0: Yeah. So a, a a film about boarding school sounds a bit like Saltburn. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> what's your thoughts on saltburn because i don't think we've talked about that have we
1: saltburn is one of those um, films where the public is overblown it badly it it, it it happens with certain films where the public absolutely latch onto it and milk it for every single drop that it has and make it sound more extreme than it actually is.
0: <laughs> that's a good phrase. I don't, actually, no pun milk it, nope. pun intended. pun was definitely intended. I suspect. But yeah. To- uh, but it, honestly, it's just ring
1: everything from it, and it's a film itself where it's a three-star film wrapped in the public's five-star guise. That mm-hmm. that's what it is because. There's nothing overly wrong with the film. It's got some really good performances in the movie itself, but the extremes is not as extreme as you might actually think when they're having a a conversation with a few of my colleagues at work when they said that they have actually seen it and a few friends saying that they have actually seen it and went, oh, this is a really extreme film. There's me just sitting there going, you really haven't seen extreme. Trust me.
0: You're not like the benchmark. (laughs) (laughs) for stuff like that. I mean, for me, there's like three extremes. There's the bathtub scene in the film, there's the grave scene, and then there's the I'm a vampire scene. When it got to the I'm a vampire scene, I'm like, oh my God, this, no, no, no. (laughs) And I knew I was going to carry on watching it, but the bathtub scene just made me think, this is a bit weird. And the grave bit I knew about anyway, but I saw somebody on Facebook who'd watched the film before I did, and they were horrified. They were like, this yeah. is the most depraved thing I've ever seen. This is horrendous. Why this director is allowed to make any more, f- you know, make movies, I do not know. I'm never watching any of the films again. And I'm like, i got to watch Saltburn tonight. And I watched it and I was like, you. And I'm like, there's a couple of bits in it, which is cringy. But I enjoyed it. I liked it as a film. But is it the most extreme movie ever? Oh my God, no.
1: Of course no. it's not. It's a 15 rated film. So if the BBFC felt it was that extreme, they would have rated it in 18 because you know what the BBFC is like. Um, They would have literally given it an 18 certificate, but it's not, it's a 15 rated film. So there's me just thinking it might be extreme to some people who are not used to that kind of movies or they they don't watch that genre that much. Um, But it's not as extreme as people make it out to be. And that's the problem with the film itself. It's being overblown so much. It's done brilliantly, brilliant for Amazon. Um, so, but it's just overblown too much and uh, that's been the case with its um, Oscar nominations and its BAFTA nominations, you think, to, and does it really deserve it? Not
0: really in some areas maybes. um but not really I thought, was it Rebecca Ferguson was it Rebecca Ferguson that was the main was the mum I forgot her name uh, wrong, no, somebody else uh, I've forgotten her name now um, yeah I can't remember and it's not Rebecca Ferguson but it's somebody that I've seen in lots of movies, uh, she was great and Richard E. Grant were great as the parents I thought Barry Keegan was great because I like him anyway I've, I've been a fan of him for years and and I, liked the, I thought the film was fine, it did go. It would have gone in my top 10 of the year had I watched it before I'd done the list but you know is it one of the best films I've ever seen, probably not it's not in my top 200 for example yeah but definitely not in mine so, yeah, back to you. So what, what um, else have you, what have you seen?
1: So I'm guessing you want to actually know, well, you've if you've seen me Twitter, you know the film itself in question. That has actually changed the way I sort of like review films this year. Um, and actually one of them is probably one of the biggest changes I've ever made to actually review films. Um, so film in question is All of Us Strangers. Like you, you'll have seen countless publicity um, thing for All of Us Strangers um, all over the place because um, sort of like it deserves it beyond recognition that that film Paul Mescal, andrew scott uh jamie bell and claire foy the four piece um, film itself um directed by andrew haig and so i watched that film the same day as the holdovers so it was pretty it was a double bill i saw the holdovers and then i watched all of us strangers uh straight after it and after finishing watching All of Us Strangers, I think that's when the penny dropped in my brain. Like, you know how fastidious I am when it comes to uh, reviewing films. You have to laugh at that as well. so um, Because I am stupidly fastidious when it comes to (laughs) films. I've always turned around and said there is no film that's perfect apart from Stand By Me. Because it's a film in my eyes that I deemed it's the film that's affected me the most ever. And I don't see any other film um, getting anywhere close to that. There's films that have come near to it But there's never films that's been come close. And so I've always said I will never give a film a perfect 10 apart from that, which is such a hard pedestal to actually keep up. Honestly, to try and actually keep to that standard is so hard because when you watch a film itself um, and you deem that film to be phenomenal, giving it a 9 is not phenomenal. Giving it a 10 is phenomenal. Giving it a 5 out of 5 is phenomenal. That doesn't mean that you're seeing that it is your favourite film of all time. You will always have your favourite film of all time. And that film itself will always become untouchable. Yep. So by seeing A Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, is not a five, it's only a four. Or by seeing A Monster Calls, or My Neighbor Totoro, or Spirited Away, or life any of those kind of films. Life is a
0: courgette.
1: um, films like Gremlins movies like that are not 5 out of 5s or 10 out of 10s there'll be a 10 out of 10 on a deer when you're feeling down for like Gremlins, it'll cheer you up or when you want that warm hug like My Neighbor Totoro or when you want like a drama that will hit you in the feels like a Monster Carls that'll be a 10 on that deer when you watch it but by saying oh it's a 9 and that's it It's, it's sort of like Given it a disservice in a way. So um, I watched All of Us Strangers and the film itself is beyond phenomenal. It literally is phenomenal. It's guaranteed to be in my top five of the year. Because right. if there is going to be four other films better than All of Us Strangers, this will be the best year for film. It, it, it is that good. And after watching it, it's sort of like that penny dropped where I was thinking, I need to change the way I look at films now. I need to stop being um, matching them up to Stand By Me because I know no film will ever reach that high. So I know if I deem a film itself perfect for when I've actually watched it on that dear or well, phenomenal, it deserves that five. It deserves that ten. So all of us strangers, I gave it a five out of five because it, it is that good. Because when a film after you've watched it. If you reflect on the film and you've seen yourself in the main character's um, portrayal. So in this case, Andrew Scott, he's the lead. He is actually the lead in the film itself. Paul Mescal, yes, he's in the film, but he's sort of like the supporting actor. Um, Both of those are outstanding. The film itself is centred around Andrew Scott's character who lives on his own. He's a writer. He's having trouble in his life. He has a chance encounter with Paul Mescal's character, who at first he brushes to one side, but then establishes a relationship. But throughout the film, we find out that Andrew Scott's character goes off to his parents' house. And this is not a spoiler. His parents who died 30 years prior. And he sees them at his age. And it's about him reconciling what he could never have said to his parents when his parents were alive and him come to terms with trying to open himself up to more and establishing a relationship with Paul Mescal's character. So that's the whole premise of the film itself. And if at the end of the film, or throughout the film, you can take yourself and take it away from being a third-person view, so where it is just a camera focusing on characters themselves and putting you in a first-person view where you actually see through the eyes of the character and you are in that character's shoes, you're in the room itself when they're having conversations with mother, father, relationship, things like that. That's when you know it's affected you in a positive manner. And that's what I felt about the film itself. I saw myself in the eyes of Andrew Scott's character because things that he was going through, I know that I've gone through myself or I'm going through myself. Mm. Like when I lost my mum, I knew I was sort of like thinking, once I lost my mum, a few years later, I was thinking... I wish I could have told her this or I wish I could have told her that. And so when you start seeing that in characters, you just go, I need to change the way I look at films. And so positively it affected the way I change them, the way I rate films. It's not to say that there's going to be another five this year. There might, because they dropped the trailer for the new um, Ghostbusters movie, which I love the look of it. It looks freaking awesome. Um, So there might be some films this year that might also get the five and then I might have to go back to doing 10 best films of the year, and it might be harder for me to do my best list than it is to do my worst list. Uh, But it affected me the way I actually look at films because it is such an outstanding piece of film. It is one of the best British films I've seen in a very, very, very long time. And it is one of the best films I've seen in a very long time as well. So it's guaranteed to be
0: up there in my my top five films of the year. So it should go on my list of films to watch then. I have seen people... like you say, I've seen a lot of people talking about it, A lot of people, you know, a lot of buzz about Andrew Scott certainly.
1: Paul Mescal is uh, uh, brilliant in it. Uh, Claire Foy, who plays his mother, she's outstanding, and so is Jamie Bell. Like the the, the scene, there is a, um, a clip online in regards to a scene where Andrew Scott's character has gone back for the second visit to the the house. He's been caught in the rain, and um, his mother's there. Um, He uh, gets undressed to try and dry off. And she just mentions just seeing that, um, oh, I would have thought that you were hairy, that you were taken (laughs) after my father. Um, And because my father was exactly like that. And I see you in my father's eyes. So I see you in your grandfather's eyes. And it's just interactions like that when he comes out to Therese, because he, he was able to actually come out to his mum and dad. So when he tells his father, you would expect the father to be the one to scorn him. But the way Jeremy Bell actually does it and their interaction with it, it's sort of like relieving a burden that's on his shoulders. And there is an outstanding scene about three quarters of the way through the film, which even if you're dead inside it will guarantee to make that heart beat that a lot more because it is so tender in the way it's done. And just the looks between Paul Meskell's character and Andrew Scott's character, you only have to look at each other and you know that the spark is actually there. Uh, But can't recommend that film enough. Can't recommend it enough.
0: Is it a film that you'll get the same enjoyment out of if you watch it again? Or do you think it's one of those films? Yeah,
1: okay. It's a film that's on for about... An hour and forty minutes, it never fails its runtime. Like once the film itself has finished, you think you've only seen half an hour. Right. It it is it's that captivating. Um, and I think it is one of those films where you can guarantee to watch it multiple times and you know you're gonna enjoy it just as much. The soundtrack is outstanding as well. It takes some songs from the 70s um and um a few songs from from the eighties, um, from like the Pet Shop Boys, etc. So the soundtrack is outstanding as well. So please watch all of us strangers. Okay. It's on my list.
0: Yep, good it's on my list. This year, I think I've seen nineteen. No, I've seen like eleven films or something. I've seen a lot, but I've been I've been going back and rewatching like old favorites. So things I've seen this year: The Hurt Locker, Tron Legacy, Jerry Maguire, uh, a film called Breezy from nineteen seventy three that Clint Eastwood directed. It's just there's nothing out at the moment. That I'm like, oh, I want to watch that new one. Uh, yeah, because it's, I mean, you mentioned it was a dry spell for films coming out. It's the same for home release as well. There's virtually not a lot coming out at yeah. the minute. It's really quiet. That's
1: why I go and see All of Us Strangers, because that's out in cinemas. Hmm.
0: So, are you watch, what have you watched? Anything else? Or shall we uh, attack the Oscars?
1: <laughs> that's pretty much it. Um, I think we need a stab. Wildly at the Oscars, because All of Us Strangers was not nominated for a single Oscar. And they are so stupidly wrong with that. But yeah, we need to take a stab at the Oscars.
0: (laughs) Well, let's go for it. There's probably a lot of the Oscars stuff. I've got all my stuff on. I've got all the nominations to my right. So if I do that, it's because I'm looking on that. But one word I absolutely hate is snubbed. And it's, you know, it's just because the internet just seems to have exploded with every single year they do this, go, oh, it's snubbed. It's not snubbed, it just wasn't nominated. It might be stupid that it wasn't nominated, which is a different conversation, but the whole snub thing, I never quite get why film Twitter and film Facebook and stuff really, they all turn into film experts at this time of the year, don't they?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, there are some... Interesting choices this year with, with yeah. the Oscars itself. Um, I think a lot of people have already gone gone through it with a fine tooth comb. There are films which should have been nominated, the ones which are just being thrown in there just because they pretty much have to. Like Barbie, John Williams. Barbie. <laughs> Barbie. Yeah, Barbie. Yep. John Williams is nominated again. Martin Scorsese is nominated again. You think, do they really actually deserve it? And I think in a way its clutch and it straws, like you look in the best animated category, they have to have a Disney film in there, have to, no matter how yeah. bad the, the film actually is. So th- there are the usual ones in there. And then you look at ones where films are nominated in other categories and you think, well, they should have been nominated in that category instead. Uh, and then the snubs. I know you said you hate that, yeah. but uh, the, the snubs, which all of us strangers, I still can't believe it was not nominated for a single Oscar.
0: Why, the, do you think, uh, why do you think that is? Do you think it's because of the subject matter still? Do you think Hollywood's still a bit iffy on some subjects? or not?
1: not really, because you would have thought that they would have passed that with things like Brokeback Mountain.
0: You would hope. So, wouldn't
1: you? Yeah, homosexuality in films is not something that has already decided to crop up within the last five years. <laughs> no. No. It's been portrayed since the 60s and 50s. You can go all the way back to them and see that it's been portrayed um, in movies since then. So it, it's not down to that and it's not down to the fact that I he- the word I hate the most, and it should be stricken from the English dictionary, is the word walk. I absolutely <laughs> yeah, yeah. despise that word. Yep. It's such a cringeworthy word. <laughs> but um, it, It's not down to the fact that they are that or they're trying to actually just look at, see what society is like now and They are fastidious when it comes to the films. They are set in their own ways, no matter how much they try to actually change the Oscars. They will never change because a lot of them, I know there's something like 1,200 people who are a member of the panel who actually vote on these, but a lot of them are curmudgeons. It's sort of like the way politics is handled in America now. It sort of like sums up the way the Oscars are actually like. It is like American politics. You're guaranteed to get um a martin scorsese now and you're guaranteed to get a disney film nominated no matter how bad it is it could be the worst film you've seen that year but it'll be nominated because it's disney because it's scorsese because it's DiCaprio, because it is john williams because bloody black there will always do that and then they'll look for other one or two things and they might go with the zeitgeist and just go let, let's go with the obvious the barbies and let's throw that in there in a few categories just to make um People think that oh, we've got a finger on the button. Well, in fact, yep. they haven't. No, they. So, they are. all setting their ears.
0: <laughs> so, and do you pay much attention to the Oscars? I know you. You do. Obviously, we both do with who wins and who who doesn't. But I can't remember the last ceremony I watched. It was probably about no. three or four of them ago. I mean, I saw the clips. Obviously, last year Will Smith. It was that last year, wasn't it? It was that the year yeah. before.
1: So it was I think last I year. Remember.
0: Last year. Wow. Uh, so he's not going to be there this year. And. Uh, He's banned for a 10 couple years, of years, it? actually. Yeah, it's like a decade or something, isn't it? And yeah, uh, so yeah, I've not watched the ceremony for years. But you don't it need to because sho- it all shows up on Twitter before you'd even <laughs> watched it. So, what's the point? <laughs> probably um, to prove the fact that you've not actually seen it in years. This year it's on IDV. Is it? Oh, I might watch it then. Hmm? Yeah, because previously yeah, it's, it's been on Sky or whatever, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's on um, on ITV. I'm gonna to have to be a dick and actually cough just for a couple of seconds. Sorry. It's okay.
0: And the Oscar for the best cough. Oh God, is Stu Miller. I
1: do apologize because I'm just getting over um, not feeling well last week. So, oh, no. um, yeah, it's on ITV, and they're actually changing ITV4 for a couple of days to like an Oscar channel where they're showing some previously Oscar nominated films on well, ITV4 my so- Watch all that then. But yeah, like ITV have got the rights no longer Sky because it go used to, to be the BBC and then it yeah. went over to Sky and now Sky have lost the rights because they didn't want it anymore. So,
0: so what what do we think of this year's Oscars then? Obviously, I, we may not go through them all, all the categories, but I'll let you be the the lead of the thing and then I'll scroll down on my. Well, uh, this screen is so this is where pass.
1: we will actually go through all the categories because last okay. year we did our little prediction game. We and did. that's pretty much what we're going to do again.
0: Now this year um, I've, not, I've not seen lots of them, so my guesses might be way off. But I'll give it and, a go.
1: And then just to, because we need to even the balance out, we've got the Baftas as well. So we'll quickly go through those as well with there were uh, who we'll think will win actually win the Baftas as well. But we'll do the Oscars first. Okay. So this year I thought, you know what? Let's just add a tiny little forfeit to the <laughs> to to the game. So it, it's nothing extreme. All it means is that we'll predict who's going to win in each one of the categories. So it's who you think will win, not who you want to win. Who you think will win, um, and then the loser. Um, so if you lose, I've got to pick a film that you have to watch.
0: Okay. And
1: if you win, you've got to pick a film that I have to watch. Okay. It can be any film. Yeah. So and th- th- oh, that's okay. the same with me. So I ha- and you have to watch it within one week. Of the Oscars, so when we come back to go yeah. over the scores, um, once we find out who the winner is, you have to watch it in one week, and you have to post a post on Twitter to say that you watched it in a quick thought. It okay. doesn't matter when it's from; it can be anything from 1888 all the way up to present day.
0: Be gentle, film. Be, be gentle on me, Stu. When it, if it if it ends up being a horror film, just you know, <laughs> go I've, easy on me.
1: <laughs> I've got a couple of films in mind, and the ones that I've got in mind are not horror. None of them are horror. So um, I've got a couple of films in mind. So we'll start off um, because I did this print out of work because I couldn't be bothered to actually type them all up. So we'll start off at the top of my list here, which is actor in a leading role.
0: Right. OK, I'm going to scroll into that one. Right. So who have you got? There is Bradley Cooper
1: in Maestro, uh, Coleman Domingo in Rustin, Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers, Killian Murphy in Oppenheimer and Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction.
0: See, my want and I think are actually the same, so I'm giving it to Killian. So
1: you're going with Killian Murphy, Yeah. and you know what? It it is going to be him. It is going to be him, so I've marked you down as Stu and me, just the letter S. Uh, Next up is an actor in a supporting role, which is Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, Robert De Niro, Killers of the Flower Moon. Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, uh, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo for poor things.
0: It kind of bugs me that Ryan Gosling's been nominated for Barbie, and I'll probably get onto that in a minute. It's, uh, But yeah, that's the one where I'm like, no, don't, because it, it upsets the whole Barbie apple cart with him being nominated yeah. and Marco Ruffalo not being. It's kind of weird. Uh, I have put down Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer.
1: So that's you, and you know what? I'm going to go actually with Ryan Gosling for Barbie because really? I, I do think surprisingly he is going to win that one.
0: He was good. He was, but, and but Margot Robbie was also good, and Kenneth yeah, Gerwig is be- a great director. And it's like yeah. to to choose Ryan and not the other two in their categories kind of destroys the whole argument. And it's yeah, it's just it's weird. But he was very good. I like Barbie. I thought the film it was great. Was, I had a lot of fun watching that film. So there's no Barbie bashing going on for me, but.
1: Exactly. So actress in a leading role is Annette Bennon in Nayad, Lily Gladstone in Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall, Carey Mulligan for Maestro and Emma Stone for Poor Things.
0: I hope Lily has got her acceptance speech ready because I do suspect she will need it and very much deserves it. So you're going with Lily Gladstone. Lily Gladstone. She was really, She was better than De Niro and DiCaprio and Scorsese in that film.
1: And I think you're actually right. So I agree with you on that one. That's the one I would, because I was umming and ahhing. I think, if I'm being completely honest, it's a two-horse race. Even though I think Sandra Hull has got a good chance with Anatomy of Fall, it's going to be t- between uh, Lily Gladstone and Emma Stone, I think, in that one. And I, I think it's going to be Lily Gladstone. Um, so actress in a supporting role is Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, uh, Daniela Brooks for The Colour Purple, American Ferrara for Baird Barbie, Jodie Foster for Nayad, and Devan G uh, Randolph for The Holdovers.
0: See, this is where I'm struggling, because I, I don't know who's going to win. I don't think it's going to be Emily Emily Blunt. She was... Uh, again, everybody was good in their roles, but I didn't watch Oppenheimer going, oh, Emily's nailed it. She's going to get an award for this. And... Um, I'm going America Ferrara. And
1: then I am going with Davin Joy Randolph for The Holdovers, because she is actually fantastic in that film. Um, She's acerbic when she needs to be in that. Yeah. Again, I recommend you watching The Holdovers. Double Bill with all of us strangers. Um, Animated feature film, The Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Nomona, Robot Dreams, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse.
0: I, it's got to be uh, Boy and Heron because it's a that's the Ghibli one, isn't it? It is. That's the Ghibli film. It's got to be, isn't it? Because it's you know just give it that one. I actually marked that one down as wanting it to win and hoping it will.
1: It's now become the third highest Japanese animated film in American box office history, um, and so yep, there are two other films beyond that. Um, it went to number one in America when it actually was released. So um, I'm going to be the same, but. Robot Dreams has not been released yet. It's a French film. It's getting so much praise. Watch the trailer. It looks brilliant. It's out in February here. Um, I've seen all the rest of them. Nemona Mm. is phenomenal. Definitely watch Nemona on uh, Netflix. But because it's a Netflix film, I don't think it will win it, unfortunately. Elemental is not very good. Oh, okay. uh, The Boy and the Heron is my choice. Uh, Cinematography, so El Condor, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, poor
0: things. Oppenheimer.
1: Yep. And I'm gonna go with poor things. Um costume, Barbie colours of the flower moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, poor things.
0: Uh which one's that costume. I'm scrolling up. Costume there like, design. Like, like there we go. Uh, it's not gonna be Oppenheimer because that's just suits. I do you know what I'd like that Barbie. I'm I'm giving that one to Barbie.
1: And I am going again with poor things because the amount of costumes and stuff like that in that film is unbelievable. Um, so directing, it's Anatomy of a Fall, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, The Zone of Interest.
0: Christopher Nolan, I believe, is going to bag an Oscar this year for Oppenheimer.
1: Yeah, for me, it's a two-horse race in who's that the, one there. Who's, who's the other horse? Yorgos, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things. But I agree with you. It is uh, Christopher Nolan, who's going to win it for Oppenheimer for that one. Um, document, this is um, some of the categories now where we're just going to take a stab at the
0: dark. Yeah, just so, look at the title and go, that'll do.
1: <laughs> documentary feature film, um, Bobby Wine, The People's President, The Eternal Memory, Four Daughters, To Kill a Tiger, 20 Dears in Maripol.
0: I have no idea who Bobby Wine is, but I think Bobby Wine's going to get an Oscar, just because that title looks looks Oscar worthy.
1: And I'll go with that at 20 Days in Maripol, just because it sounds very political, and that sometimes can help. Um, documentary short film, The ABCs of Buck Bannon, uh, The Barber of Little Rock, Island in Between, The Last Repair Shop, Nai, Nai and Waipo.
0: I like the title of The Last Repair Shop. Sounds quite nice.
1: So I'm going to go with that
0: one. Um, let's
1: go with Islands in Between, because it just sounds like a song. It, does, it. Yeah. It. it sounds yeah.
0: like a Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton type song, doesn't it? Ex- exactly. Yeah. And then
1: fil- film editing, Anatomy of a Fall, the Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things.
0: It makes me laugh out editing, uh, and you've got Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> that could have done yeah. with about 45 minutes worth of editing. Uh, that Definitely. One. Um, I'm going Oppenheimer just because of all funky black and white and the different um, time zones and stuff
1: which sometimes can get on my nerves in regards to that. But the Holdovers has got a very simple flow to it, so I don't think it's going to be that. I'm going to go the same um, Oppenheimer, just because they'll be taken back by the way he flips cameras and things like that. Um, International feature film, uh, La Capitano, uh, Perfect Days, Society of the Snow, The Teacher's Lounge, The Zone of Interest.
0: Zone of Interest.
1: It's a two-horse race, this one. Um, it's between The Zone of Interest and Society of the Snow. Um, if you haven't seen Society of the Snow, please watch it. It's on Netflix. I've seen, sort of, seen any of them. So Society of the Snow, you'll have seen the film Alive. Yeah. Oh,
0: it's, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. it that is one. that.
1: It right. is that film, but it's directed by Juan Antonio Bionna, who did A Monster the Calls, you
0: And your best friend. Um,
1: but please, please watch um, Society of the Snow. It's on Netflix. It's phenomenal, and that's my choice. Okay. Um, makeup and hairstyle. Uh, so it is the nominations are Golda, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Society of the Snow.
0: Why is Why is Barbie not in that one? Why is <laughs> Society know, of
1: I- the Snow actually in that one? <laughs>
0: exactly. Oh, it's not going to be Oppenheimer. I'm probably going to go. For, I mean, can you give it to Maestro for a prosthetic nose? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going Golda. Just That's
1: such a weird one I'm going poor things
0: (laughs) It is isn't it
1: Original score American fiction Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny Is uh, an Oscar nominated film Killers of the Flower Moon Oppenheimer poor things
0: I'm going Oppenheimer I love that score Such a good score I was listening to that score Before I'd seen the film Really good
1: Indiana Jones just because of John Williams, God Isn't sakes, it? it's it's just a rehash of all of the other stuff. Yeah. I mean, Indiana so, Jones
0: and the Dial of Destiny. It's not a terrible score, but it's not like oh my God, this is amazing. I need to play the CD again now. It's like you said, it's a rehash.
1: Original score needs to be original. <laughs> it's <laughs> it not. Does. So I'm going, I'm I'm agreeing with you, Oppenheimer. Original song, the fire inside from Flaming Hot. I'm just Ken from Barbie. It never went away from American Symphony. Um whatever that is, and then what 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 was I made for from Barbie you've,
0: you've probably just you know insulted the entire Osage county <laughs> with that was- Sorry. Was- <laughs> <laughs> um I think it's probably gonna be I'm just Ken
1: you' are going with that, and I'm going with the same film, but what was I made for from Barbie um that's the one I'm going to go for Billy Eilish. She's gonna oh, easily win that, I think. Yep. Um best picture, which I'm gonna to leave to last. Yeah. Um so production design, Barbie, killers of the flower moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, poor things.
0: It's gotta be Barbie for the love of God. Seriously. It's they used up all the paint pink on the planet. Just thanks.
1: Like, yeah. You know, I it. Um I think I'll actually agree with you. Um Animated short, letter to a pig, ninety five senses, our uniform, uh, Pachyderm, dam and War is over. Inspired by the music of John and Yoko.
0: I think it. Oh, see, I think it's a two horse race, but these titles that I know nothing about. I think it's either ninety five senses or the John and Yoko one. I'm going to go ninety five senses, just because there it's might be a lot of people that don't like John Lennon for some reason. It's don't not like a two
1: horse race. It's a pig and an elephant race. It <laughs> is letters it? to pay letter to a pig and pachyderm because a pachyderm is an elephant um so i'm going to go with our uniform just to be just, just go to be with awkward. it <laughs> live action short film the after invincible night of fortune red white and blue the wonderful story of henry sugar
0: henry sugar i've seen that one i've actually watched one that's <laughs> on here that was good that
1: that's the only one I've watched. As it's well. only one have seen. Yep. <laughs> so I'm going to call the same because it's the only one I've watched as well. <laughs> Sound, The Creator, Maestro, Oscar-nominated Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, Oppenheimer and The Zone of Interest.
0: Um, Oppenheimer. I think Oppenheimer's going to walk away with quite a few.
1: I'm going to agree with you on Oppenheim because the soundscape on that film is actually really good. So Yeah, it is. Um, Although you did, get, f-
0: you did get a lot of people complaining you couldn't hear some dialogue, which is a Christopher Nolan thing anyway. But Yeah, know,
1: it, fine. it's just like watching a J.J. Abrams film with lens flare. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit, isn't it? Or watching a Zack Snyder film with no plot. It's pretty much oh. some of his films as well. Dig. <laughs> don't, don't
0: worry about it, Zack. He's only kidding.
1: I definitely not.
0: Um, <laughs> visual effects.
1: The creator, Godzilla minus one, Guardians of the Galaxy, volume three, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one, Napoleon.
0: I uh, see, I would love to see Godzilla minus one get it just because it's a little film that ran, isn't it? It's done really, really yeah. well for itself. Uh, I'm trying to find out where these are. I, I seem to have some of these things missing. So we'll go through those again. And I'll so, listen.
1: The Creator, which is on Disney Plus. Godzilla minus one, which has been released in cinemas in black and white, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, um, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, and Napoleon. Guardians. And I'm actually going with the little film I could. Godzilla minus one. The budget yes. on that is only twenty million. It's insane, isn't it? It's absolutely <laughs> insane. Last three adapted screenplay. Now, this one, there is one in here which stands out majorly like a sore thumb. It's screenplay. American (laughs) fiction, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, The Zone of Interest, and Barbie.
0: Yeah. It's the whole, the argument for Barbie is like, why is Barbie not an original screenplay? Because it's based on something else. And then when we get to original screenplay, there's something in there that's based on a real person. So why is that? That's, That's the weird one. Um... It's not going to be Barbie, no. although that's very clever. It's. I don't think it's... it's Oppenheimer again. I've got to, got to go with that one.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm agreeing with you on that, Um, Oppenheimer. Original screenplay, Anatomy of <laughs> a Fall, The Holdovers, Maestro, May-December, Past Lives.
0: I've heard a lot of good things about May-December, but I've not yet seen it. You've seen The Holdovers. And I've seen Past Lives. Yeah, I'm going Holdovers, but I suspect I'll get that one wrong.
1: And I'm going Past Lives just because I want Celine Son to actually win something. (laughs) And then um, Best Picture is American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, The Zone of Interest.
0: Oppenheimer. I think it's Nolan, I think it's Nolan's year,
1: and I'm agreeing because you can easily knock a few from that list there. Um, yep. And I think Oppenheimer is the one that stands slightly ahead, but of uh, shoulders above. So that's that. So the Oscars itself, like we said, once it's actually been announced, we'll come back. Do a show with the winners. Um, the person who's won gets to choose a film for the loser, and you have to watch it. It can be okay. any film, as long as the film is easily found. It can't be like such an obscure <laughs> yeah. film that yeah. you have to actually literally go onto the dark web to yeah. find it.
0: And so, if if you can't find a film, I mean, not that you're not that I'm going to beat you, but if um, if that happens, I must supply you with the film if you can't find it. So yeah,
1: yeah. But, and then the Baftas, just because we have to make a British film, so we'll have to steamroll through these. Um, So best film Again just choose There's no forfeit on this one So Anatomy of a Fall The Holdovers Killers of the Flower Moon Oppenheimer Poor Things
0: Oppenheimer A lot of these will probably mirror But not all of them I don't think
1: Um, And I am going to go with In that one I think the BAFTAs Might actually go with Poor Things Okay outstanding british film so that's why some of these films weren't in that list there's a few which you go really um but all of us strangers how to have sex napoleon the old oak who things riley and saltburn scrapper wonky and the zone of interest
0: i wasn't a huge fan of scrapper and i need to i need to finish it i just think the style of the film just kind of I wasn't used to it. Um, I'm going all of us strangers just because of the sheer praise you were giving it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to gamble on you. And I'm going all of us
1: strangers as well. Um, Cause wonk care. Really? <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. a good film, but really. And you look at films like poor things. It's directed by Yorgos Lanthimos. Who's not an English director, but it's an English funded film. Um, Zone of interest is the same. It's a French film, but um, again, it's, supplied by that i'm so happy riley is on that list because it is one of the best romantic comedies i've seen in a while and you know what i feel about romantic comedies that tosh most of the time <laughs> um leading actress fantasia barino for the color purple sandra huller for anatomy of a fall carrie mulligan for maestro vivian up o- uh opara for riley and margot robbie for barbie and emma stone for poor things
0: emma stone I haven't seen Poor Things, but I've seen clips of her, and it just does not look like Emma Stone. She looks like she's just off on one in that film.
1: I'm agreeing with you on that one there, but I would love for Vivian O'Para to actually win a for and um, Leading actor Bradley Cooper, um Coleman Domingo, Paul Giamatti, Barry Keegan, Killian Murphy, T.E.O.
0: See, that's a difficult one, isn't it? Because instantly you've got Paul Giamatti, who is amazing in holdovers from what I've heard and seen, uh, Killian and Barry. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm going. I'm going Paul G. Marty on that one.
1: Unfortunately, I think they're going to agree with the Oscars and it's going to get to Killian.
0: Yeah, and I won't be disappointed uh, if it is Killian.
1: Supporting actress Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Daniela Brooks, The Colour Purple, Claire Foy, Oliver Strangers, Sandra Huller, The Zone of Interest, Rosamund Pike, Saltburn, and Devin uh, Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. That's who
0: it was, Rosamund Pike, not Rebecca Ferguson. Yep, I'm going Rosamund as an apology for screwing up her name and getting her mixed up with somebody else. She was amazing in Saltburn. She was weird.
1: Yeah, um, it's a really difficult one. I am I'm going with my heart. Claire Foy. Yep. All of us strangers. Uh, supporting actor Robert De Niro, for Killers of the Flower Moon. Robert Downey Jr. Oppenheimer. Jacob Elordi for Saltburn. Ryan Gosling for Barbie, Paul Meskel for All of Us Strangers, and Dominic Sessa for The
0: Holdovers. I'm going Downey Jr. I suspect you might go for Paul Meskell.
1: Um,
0: I am, because
1: yep. Meskel is phenomenal. He's a brilliant, absolutely outstanding actor. What, what else
0: What else have I seen him in? Because I know his name, and I'm like, I know that guy, but for the life of me, I can't picture him and what else he's been in. But.
1: I can't remember the name of the film. It was the year prior where he was on holiday with his daughter. The character of his daughter, and I can't remember the name of the freaking film. Oh, I knew you were going to ask me as yeah, well.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I know that film because it was really good, and I'm going to IMDb it just because you know that's what I can do. But yeah, yeah, I, I, whatever that film was, and I can't remember what it was called. After Sun. Yes, that was Aftersun. really that was really good. Actually, After Sun. He's
1: he's in that. Mm. Um, so he honestly, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal actor. Um, so one of the best British talents. Well, he's Irish, but. Um, one of the major talent to look out for and he's in Gladiator 2 which is at the end of the year
0: Yeah,
1: he's the lead actor in that
0: Gladiator so, 2 who knew yeah
1: <laughs> he's had to put on a lot of beef for that film um, for director Oliver Stranger for Andrew Haig um, Anatomy of a Fall Justin in Trier uh, The Holdovers Alexandra Payne Maestro Bradley Cooper Oppenheimer Christopher Nolan Zone of Interest Jonathan Glazer
0: that's a fantastic list that's, that's a really good list I'm going to give it to Nolan for Oppenheimer
1: Um, I'm throwing Bradley Cooper out there because Maestro is okay it's not brilliant Um, I'm going Andrew Hague anything where all of the strangers is there. I'm going I don't care if I lose Mm. Um, outstanding debut by British writer director or producer uh, Blue Bag Life Bobby Wine the people's president Earth Mama how to have sex is there anybody out there
0: I'll go for it. Is there anybody out there? I've never heard of any of them. I mean, Bobby Wine we've heard of because we mentioned it, but beyond that, I couldn't tell you anything about it.
1: I'm going to go with uh, Sex because it absolutely hit critics really, really hard, so um, a lot of people like that film. Um, Film not in the English language, 20 Days in Maripol, Anatomy of a Fall, Past Lives, Society of the Snow, The Zone of Interest.
0: That's a hard one as well. Zone of Interest. That's a really, really really hard one.
1: I would have gone with Society of the Snow if Past Lives wasn't nominated. I'm going Past Lives because, again, I want Celine Sond to actually get something. Documentary, 20 Days of Maripol, American Symphony, Beyond Utopia, still a Michael J. Fox movie, wham, exclamation mark.
0: Oh, I'm going to Michael J. Fox, still. because That was was amazing.
1: It's such a touching documentary, that, isn't it? It is.
0: Yep.
1: Animated film. they only got four on this list because they're dropping the morning. Um, and they've added another one instead. So the Boy and the Heron, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget, Elemental, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse.
0: How pissed would you be if Chicken Run beats Boy and the Heron? <laughs> You'd be like, I give up, I'm out. Um, a Boy and the Heron, I'm back in jubilee on that one.
1: Yeah, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget is not very good.
0: Chicken Run, the Oscar, the BAFTA dominated. I mean, it's, I like I like Aardman, but seriously, no,
1: it's not very good. They lost a lot of the fun and jokes and humour from that. And original screenplay is Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie the Holdovers, Maestro and Past Lives. So the BAFTA's got it
0: right. Yeah, original screenplay. Yeah, Barbie. Um, Give it Barbie. Because that is a really good original screenplay.
1: I'm going to go with Past Lives. Um, And then adapted screenplay, All of Us Strangers, American Fiction, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, The Zone of Interest.
0: Well, I know you're going to go for All of Us Strangers. I'm going to go for Andrew Um
1: Which is technically a remake, All of Us Strangers, because the novel came out in 1987. There was a Japanese film released um, a few years later, which is merely a ghost story. Okay. And um, Andrew Haig took the romantic elements of the film, there is ghost elements within All of Us Strangers, and just went more um, an ensemble piece rather than about the ghost kind of film. Okay. But it's technically a remake. EE um, e. BAFTA Rising Star Award, voted by the public. I love the fact that I have a category by, voted by the public. It's, uh Phoebe uh, Denver, Ayo Edibiri, J- Jacob Elordi, Mia McKenzie Bruce, McKenna Bruce, sorry, and Sophie Wilde.
0: I don't really know too many of those names. I'm going to go Sophie Wilde. Come on, Sophie. Whatever you've been in. <laughs>
1: Um, I'm going to go with because he seems to be everywhere. I'll think I'll give it to Jacob Elordi. Just, um, Shifty Barry won that. Uh, yeah. Before Barry Kirkham won that, so mm-hmm. it's sort of, like following on, passing the bat on off to him. Um, original score: Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Saltburn, and Spider-Man Across the Spider Verse.
0: I don't even remember the score for Saltburn, and I've seen the film, and I've seen the film twice. Uh, Oppenheimer, yeah. definitely Oppenheimer.
1: I'm going with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse because that score is outstanding. It is outstanding that score. And does, I th-
0: does that score work away from the film?
1: That's what I was about to say. It's a score that uh, if a, um, a score works outside of the film itself, then you know how good the score actually is. That definitely does. Brilliant. It's a brilliant score. Because
0: I've um, not, f- not seen the film, so I might still get the score because I do like a good old music score. So highly recommended. Best
1: casting is All of Us Strangers, and not me of a fall. The Holdovers, How to Have Sex, and Killers of the Flower Moon. Holdovers I think this is a. Two, I think it's a two-horse race. This one. Um, a two-horse race for me is between Killers of the Flower Moon and All of Us Strangers because All of Us Strangers it's four characters and it heavily relies on the cast itself. The Holdovers is three. And it heavily relies on the cast itself. Killers of the Flower Moon is the typical get us the ensemble piece cut together kind of thing. But, you know, I'm going all of us strangers. They're going to wipe the BAFTAs for me. Um, Cinematography, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Zone of Interest. Again, I think this is a two horse race.
0: I think Oppenheimer.
1: Yeah, you're going with one of the horses. I'm going with the other poor things. The Lanthimos film. Costume, design, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, poor things.
0: Barbie. Come on, Barbie.
1: Get some awards. You go there. I go poor things. Um, Editing is Anatomy of a Fall, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, poor things, and the Zone of Interest.
0: I will go Oppenheimer just to mirror what I did in the Oscars.
1: And let's go with poor things. Production design, Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, is all of Interest. I am
0: not Barbie. copying myself. <laughs> Barbie, Barbie, Barbie,
1: and let's go with Oppenheimer on this one. Makeup and hair, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro Napoleon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things,
0: Killers of the Flower Moon, lots of dirt,
1: and I'm going with Poor Things on this one. Sound. Ferrari, Maestro, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Oppenheimer, The Zord of Interest.
0: See, that's a good list as well, really. Um, It is.
1: Ferrari. Ferrari. And I'm going to mirror me Oscars 1, Oppenheimer. Visual Effects, The Creator, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Napoleon, Poor
0: Things. I'm going to mirror my uh, Oscar 1 Guardians.
1: How oh, much is the same on that one? Give Guardians a chance. If, and you, can, two, if you
0: can cry at a CGI raccoon being tortured, then yeah. you know what? They've done quite well.
1: Or a big massive of trees saying, I love you.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yep.
1: Um, British Short, Festival of Shapes, Gorka, Jellyfish and Lobster, Such a
0: Lovely Day, Yellow. Oh, jellyfish and Lobster, just because, you know what? It sounds nice.
1: They all sound like Coldplay songs. <laughs> <in yellow. laughs>
0: that's the new album. Yeah, they're going to do the soundtrack to the Baftas.
1: Let's go with Festival of Slaps, um, and then <laughs> the last one is British short animation Crab Deer Visible Menden Wild Summon.
0: I'm going to go with the, the first one, whatever the first one was. Crab. Was Crab it? Deer. Crab Deer. Yeah, I'll go with that one. Never heard let's of go it, with but,
1: you know. Wild Summon, and that's it. <laughs>
0: That, that's got the BAFTAs
1: and the Oscars list and they are all well done. I've got them all written down, um, who's got what. Like I said, the forfeit is only for the Oscars one, and yep. the BAFTAs was just because we've never done a perform, we'll just see.
0: There, there's a bit of a snub in there, though. Why is the Roadhouse remake not in there? Come on, that's, that should have been... I know it's not out <laughs> yet, but it should be... That's going to uh, sweep the boards next year, surely. The remake and- of Roadhouse... <laughs>
1: And the fact the director has gone and actually hated Amazon for how they're yeah. actually treating the film as well. So I don't think the Oscars yeah. needed that kind of turmoil just at this moment in time.
0: I don't think Doug Lyman's making a film at Amazon in the near future. <laughs> I think after going, thanks for making this film, screw you, I'm not going to go promote the film. It's kind of well, weird. It-
1: he made the film for MGM and Amazon bought uh, MGM. So that's how it is going. And so I would have said, write something in my contract because there would have had a an inkling that MGM was going to be bought around about that time. Because, for example, where I work at the moment, I work for more than home insurance. We've been bought by Admiral. Yeah. So I was in sort of like I didn't know I was going to have a job. Um, but I am getting took on by Admiral so I'm actually going to be working for Admiral as of April so they would have known about the acquisition of MGM by Amazon so you would have thought Doug Lyman would have said well you're going to have to release the, the film in cinemas even if they did what Netflix has done and what Apple TV Plus has done with Colors of the Flower Moon for example released it in cinemas and then two months later release it on Apple. Yep. Um, Netflix are starting to actually do that with some of the, their films, not Zack Snyder films, because yeah, they don't deserve it.
0: Um,
1: but <laughs> they're yeah, they might yeah, it. They're starting to do it, but Amazon still haven't caught on. Amazon, as a matter of fact, have decided to actually increase the price of Amazon Prime if it is that you don't want any adverts
0: anymore. Yep, that's why I'm only so, on a one-month trial of Amazon Prime. I've ditched all streamers except Britbox. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm currently using a three month trial of Apple, so I'm watching Masters of the Air, which is really good. I've got a three month, a one month trial of Amazon Prime. I just I don't bother. I watch all my physical media stuff, which is why I'm watching old films and screener discs. It's like, no, yeah, well, they, they could do one.
1: I don't pay for my Netflix, which, by the way, Netflix. Um, if you they originally dropped the basic plan um, for their basic with ads. Um, And if you were on the basic plan, you were kept on it. So you don't get any ads. They're actually getting rid of that. Wow. Um, So I'm currently on the basic one because I get it free with my TV. Mm. Um, So that's what I'm on currently. So they'll end up putting me on the basic with ads. And the whole point of watching something on a streamer is you don't get any ads. Exactly. And Sky, in their crafty, stupid asshole way, um, they have a thing where you can pay... Six pounds a month and you get no ads on any of the apps that are on your TV on Sky Glass. So if it is, that's through it's not through YouTube, but if it is on Amazon Prime, for that five pound a month that you pay through Sky, you don't get any ads on Amazon Prime.
0: But Amazon charged three pounds a month. It's insane. It's, I'm getting really fed up with like everybody just trying to steal little bits of money out of my pocket. I don't have any in the pocket. Stop trying to steal it.
1: Yeah, no wonder people are pirating movies and stuff like that and going onto the, the apps themselves because it's such an absolute arse now to try and find a film just to watch. Just to sit down and actually watch a film, not be interrupted by adverts, not be interrupted by the fact that you're only getting in 720p and not 1080p. Um, you're having to pay like £17 a month to get it in 4K with Dolby Atmos. You've got a really good sound system. You should never be burdened by that. There shouldn't be multiple tiers. There should just be one tier and then that's it. I think the one streaming service that's got it right, it should act.
0: Yeah, I don't have them anymore because they just don't answer my emails or anything. So I've been. But, deb- uh,
1: <laughs> I still give them a pat on the back because it's still only five quid with sh- Shudder and it's yeah. still, they're, they're kept to the, the where it is. Um, uh, th- There are a few others out there which they're, they're fine, but the Netflixes and the Amazons and the Apple TV pluses even now and Disney plus, they're just money grabbing buttholes. Yep.
0: I juggle them, so if I see a free trial, it's like, oh, jump on it. Sign up with a different email address, which is what we do with Apple. Yeah. Which
1: you don't even have to sign up with a different email address; just put an equal sign at the end of your normal email address part before the at symbol, and it'll actually think it's a different email address, but it'll actually go to your email address. I didn't. So, know for that. example, was that. my my email address starts at stu s t u two five zero nine. So yep. before the at, um, just put an equals. And then it'll register, thinking it's a brand new email address, but your emails will actually go to stew 2509 <laughs>
0: Nice. Yep.
1: So you can so, do that.
0: That's what I'm doing now. It's like, because I don't have the spare money to pay for them all, and I don't want to anyway. It's like, no, you're I'll, all just taking the mick now.
1: I'll get a VPN and sign up, um, stick it on Turkey and sign up that way because they only pay like three quid a month for Netflix. So yep. do it that way instead. So or, what? Is- Get a cracked version of it. There's a website that I know where you can actually get a, a subscription on that, which I did. Got a one-month subscription to Netflix for a pound, and it's still active. <laughs>
0: uh, so what's your thoughts on the Roadhouse remake? I saw the, the the trailer. I think it looks pretty good. I like it. I like the original one. It's not gonna if I, This new one's terrible. It's not going to ruin the Swayze one. I can have both. Exactly,
1: and it's it's given the the chance for um Jake Gyllenhaal to get jacked up again cuz bloody hell it's yeah. like he's just swallowed just a load of steroids
0: <laughs> it's like it's not looked like that since southpaw which i'm not exactly. even sure he looked like that in southpaw but i like Gyllenhaal. hall i like his choices in films it, so it's, i'll watch it it looks
1: fun it it looks like a little bit of mindless fun it looks like it, it is it has taken elements from uh, roadhouse the original but sort of like done its own little twists here and there with it so it it looks like whether it actually turns out to be like that it will probably be an absolute pile of steaming poop uh, but but
0: I, I shared we'll the, i shared the poster on my facebook thing and people were they were getting really mad they were like why they should never remake somebody actually said they should never remake this classic roadhouse i love roadhouse i think it's great i've seen it loads of times it ain't a classic is it exactly it's not a classic film so and they, they shouldn't have
1: remade. they shouldn't have remade that classic but they're fine and then it would never earn uproar when they remake other classics like no. look how many um yeah it's just it's just people <laughs> they just want to latch onto something for like five minutes and just yep. have a bit of a bemoan at them
0: but yeah, I'm refusing to watch. Don't watch it, then it's fine. Don't worry about it. it don't bother me if you watch it or you don't watch it. Doug, Doug Lyman doesn't give a shit who watches it. To be fair, so you know. But it's, I think it looks yeah. good. The other trailer that I saw, which looks really good, is Monkey Man by Dev Patel, who's jumped yeah. into directing. I don't know if he's directed stuff before, but that looks well good. It is his directorial debut. Right. That's a yes. hell of a start. It's like really, you didn't think you just start making a film with people in an elevator talking. You've gone straight for the Slum Dog Millionaire meets John Wick. Looks yes. amazing. Looks really good.
1: And the new Ghostbusters movie again. Just I haven't to mention s- that again.
0: I haven't seen the new trailer for that though, but Yeah. Uh, the new recommend. trailer dropped yesterday
1: yeah. for yeah. it. So um, it, it sort of like harkens back. It's because I stand up for Ghostbusters too. I like Ghostbusters too a lot. And it reminded me a lot of Ghostbusters too. There is a lot of fan service in the trailer. And I mean, a lot of fan service in the trailer. But yeah, it, it, it's it's charming in all the right, happy, joyful ways. I just need a bloody cinema to open up in Sunderland because mm-hmm. I don't have one close by me, which they're still umming and are and in regards to it. So I just still need that because it's too far for me to travel to a, to a cinema.
0: Are you still so, watching Netflix. most of the stuff at home then? I have
1: to because um, I, I don't drive and the closest um, cinema for me is pretty much two buses, which is not feasible if it is that you want to go and go and see a movie or if you work during the week. It, it's not easy. So
0: the need to open up a cinema in, in my local town centre. I still think you should open a cinema and show your stuff. That would work. C- curated. Um, yeah. There'll be an interesting value <laughs> ma- of stuff. Um, so uh,
1: um, I know somebody who actually runs a cinema anywhere. If you remember Bouncy, who used to yeah. be on my show every now and again, he owns the cinema. So I just need to take ideas from him.
0: You should. You get you get little grannies outside the cinema going, "Who's August Underground? What's he? What's he done? <laughs> yeah, in, in the go." <laughs> I don't think I'll actually be
1: able to actually watch that because it was never going Yeah, Unfortunately, you have to follow the BBFC classification because it's a required thing for a film to be released in the UK. August Underground was never given a classification, so you can't show it legally.
0: Is that even for private screenings, though?
1: Yeah, it's, really? it's the same thing. I know it was something in the past that um, if it was a private screening of a film itself, it'd never have a uh, certificate. Um, but it was enforced that every film now that has to, if you want it to be shown in the UK in any kind of cinema, um, it has to have a BBFC classification attached to it. Um, oh. The R18 certificate no longer exists anymore, so you can't use that one neither. So they retired that one. They're actually thinking about following the Irish standpoint and actually going with, um, because they have 15A in Ireland, and they're thinking about doing that over here in the UK, having a 15A.
0: So what would a 15A be? Obviously, 15 is going to be 15 to get in, but 15A is? Very similar to a 12A. That as long as you're accompanied by
1: an adult, you can actually go in to see a 15 rated film. So it's very much like the half in America with all the way up to an R. It's mm-hmm. just NC-17 is their equivalent of our 18-rated certificate where um, you have to be 18 or over to see it. NC-17, you have to be 17 or above in America to see it. Um, R-rated films. Anybody can go and see it as long as you're accompanied by an adult. So in um, in Ireland, they have the fifteen year and 16. So that's how they got around that. But the, the, oh, they've been on an R and over for 15 year for a couple of years.
0: Certificates, so, I mean, cinemas obviously they're easy enough, but the streaming thing still baffles me because who the hell? I don't know anybody passwords on Netflix. It's just like it's Netflix. So yeah. you, kids are probably watching all sorts. Kids at two years old are probably watching Nightmare on Elm Street. Stu, can you believe that? That's terrible. I know.
1: And the way the classification works in this country, it's just so weird that you have to pay the BBFC to actually get your film classified. And as I really advance yeah. to yourself, that that fascinating fact—the film, Colin. to get the film classified it actually cost the director um it was the well the film itself cost 45 pounds to make yeah to get the film rated it was just shy of a thousand pounds to get the film classified so it cost nearly 20 times the budget of the film itself to get that film classified And there was that director who um, his film was refused classification from the BBFC. And so for him to get his own back, the BBFC have to sit through the entirety of a film to actually get the film classified. He actually um, did a Kickstarter where um, for whatever amount of money he made on that Kickstarter, that's how long he would have made the film in minutes and issued it to the BBFC to get it classified. And they had to sit through over, I think it was over a few hours of paint drying.
0: I think we've both seen a lot of films like that, to be fair. Though. I know you have. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you, you know. look at that movie about
1: the cargo container, its journey from where it actually is to its end journey. It's a film that lasts um, 45 days, and it was shown at one film festival, and um, it was never released over here in the UK because the PBSC refused to watch it.
0: And would you watch that? I wouldn't watch it. I'm not watching 45 days of anything. i give it a was film all- half, half an hour. If it's crap, it's off. Done.
1: It was only shown at one cinema. Um, that film itself is in its entirety, in its forty-five day entirety.
0: I bet it shouldn't know, contain it. I bet the cinema did quite well on snacks and stuff, though. If somebody watched it, yeah,
1: they would have um, well, probably changed those uh, relaxing chairs into beds and stuff. <laughs> you would have.
0: To. It's like the audience. It's, it's made a lot of money per screen, but it's filled with homeless people for some reason. I don't know why. Imagine reviewing just... that film. No. You just hand that one over to Andy can do that one.
1: You'll be pleased Uh, to know that's not one of the films I'm going to choose. for Don't don't,
0: don't be choosing a (laughs) 45-day cargo ship container. Uh, You can't
1: even find it anywhere. So you imagine the size of the film, the the file size for that film. It'll
0: be insane. Watch it in 4K. No. It's the only (laughs) film on one
1: streaming service because that's the only, the, the, um, the places where they hold all the films, they've only got enough storage for one film.
0: But you would have to sign up for more than a month. So I suppose, yeah, you know, on exactly. the streaming platform, they've, they've got a trick there. Exactly. So, um, but I'm guessing your film of the week is All of Us Strangers.
1: Film of the year so far, it's probably going so to remain that. Like I said, uh, there are films this year which which um, look interesting. There's a few interesting movies coming out this year. Um, my most anticipated film at the start of the year is actually not out until December. Um, so... Um, we'll see by December if um, all of Estrange is in there but uh, I can probably guarantee that it's going to be
0: what is your most anticipated film so far then the December Nosferatu okay. Robert Eggers yeah.
1: new film Yeah, and um, that's out in December and I, I've looked everything that Robert Eggers has done and Nosferatu is looking um, or sounding phenomenal so I cannot wait for For that. So that's out in December. There are obviously there'll be films which will catch my eye throughout the year. Mm. Um, but Oliver Stranger is gonna be up there easily.
0: And you got anything planned that you're gonna watch tonight? Or are you- no, not really, because it
1: is um, 25 past nine. I'll probably watch the rest of the football because, yes, I am a football supporter. I support Newcastle in the playing currently. Um, so I'll probably watch the rest of that. And I'm off work tomorrow anyway, so I'm just going to have a lazy day because I'm currently playing through the new Prince of Persia. Okay. Uh, the yep. Lost Crown, I'm playing through that. That's a bit of a throw your control out of the window kind of game. A frustrating kind of game, but it's a good one where you can stick a podcast on, or you can stick a couple of Twitch streams on, or a few YouTube videos on, and then rage and nearly punch yes. your tablet across the room.
0: On the flip side of that, I'm busy playing Lego Dimensions on the PlayStation 5, so you know Lego Doctor Who, Lego Ghostbusters, Lego Lord of the Rings, Lego Harry Potter, they're all in this dimension thing. So the game's a few years old, but I've got pretty much most of the figures, so I'm, yeah. uh, I'm ploughing yes. my way through that game at the minute. But, yeah, the new, the new Prince of Persia is really good. Cool. Right, well, I shall leave you to it. I'll oh, Fingers crossed that I do win on the Oscars. Uh, I don't know what film off the top of my head I'd get you to watch, but I don't need to worry about that yet. I'm more nervous about what you're going to get me to watch when I lose. But we'll we'll find yeah. out when the uh, ceremony's uh, been on. I've got a couple of couple of ideas. He says with a smirk. <laughs> it's, <laughs> the, it's the smirk that troubles me, Steve. Yeah. Uh, but you enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. And uh, enjoy your day off tomorrow as well. Thank you very much. I will catch you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye.